Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts. Tune in and Block Talk Radio, your host Oscar Lopez. We're going to have a great show today, show 233. It is the WFA Championship Weekend Recap Show. And in the house, we are going to have the uh, legendary owner, Andrea Douglas of the New York Sharks, as well as legendary quarterback, Karen Mulligan, in about 40 minutes here on the podcast. We're going to kick off in about 15 minutes with Melinda Sparks of the Orlando Anarchy, who uh, punched in their rematch win. And so uh, this is going to be huge. They take care of the Arkansas Wildcats, literally uh, 46-0. to zero. And so the um, great, great weekend of football. Minnesota Vixen, pretty strong first couple quarters. Then New York got into a groove as well. So uh, Karen Mulligan and company, ended up uh, edging and taking the win here um, for the um, Sharks. And so big weekend there, 27-21. Uh, Minnesota really in the fourth quarter trying to get it going, but just could not, uh, and New York did win out. And then the big game of the weekend, the battle for East versus West. And we are talking uh, Boston Renegades taking on Los Angeles Warriors and a ESPN3. What a, a great game. Uh, three quarters of fantastic uh, football. And then towards the end there, uh, the Renegades really run run away with it. 42-18, to 18, uh, Shante Bonds, uh, Stephanie Pascal, and uh, obviously uh, Allison Cahill just uh, proved that obviously the East was ready for this. Boston ready for the rematch, similar to Orlando. And so Boston earns the 2018 Division I National Championship with a 42-18 to 18, uh, victory. I want to shout out to uh, Hazmat Photos out there um, as well um, over on Twitter, um, 1340 Fox. Uh, the Go, Go Renegades uh, tweeted out the, the whole game as well. And on uh, USA Football for all the video they came on during the week. Uh, and then obviously on that day itself, USA Football did a tidbit. So you can go to our Twitter feed and get all the stuff that USA Football did. You can go to our Facebook page and kind of share the moments there. There's a highlight reel of the uh, Division One final. So it was a great weekend of football. Um, let's bring in the W, uh, the IWFL Championship quarterback, Luis Bean. Uh, we will not have the um, WFL All-Star Holly Custis or Tracy Brick today. We should have Troy Wilson here probably in a little bit, but uh, we will find out in a little bit if he's coming in or not. Um, other than that, uh, we are going to be having a great show today. Like I said, we have Melinda Sparks coming in here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Then we're going to have uh, legendary owner Andrea Douglas and legendary quarterback Karen Mulligan. Big news as well this weekend. Uh, Karen Mulligan, I don't know. We'll ask her right now if she's officially hanged it up here. But I know Lisa Horton uh, completely uh, last game at the All-Star game. So legendary quarterback uh, Lisa Horton, you can go to our Twitter pretty much get the bio there. There's a, uh, a pick on there of the basically stats and everything else. So 
let's talk to Luis here about the uh, this past this past weekend in the WFA. Luis, what a weekend! Awesome of football. Uh, Orlando kind of shocked me because I just thought for sure uh, Arkansas was going to put a better fight, but we did talk about how they were basically ready for this win. Yeah, I definitely think Orlando was wanting revenge from last year. Um, <clears throat> you know, Orlando only had a handful more players than uh, Arkansas did. I just felt like um, they were just better built for the win, and uh, I think it looked like late in the, later in the game that Arkansas got a little bit tired. They also had a couple of injuries, and... Um, you know, they're just built differently. They they try and have max protection. They have a lot of people on the line of scrimmage. And then their best runners and athletes are in the backfield, and so they just try and run behind that line. You know, their season stats is mostly running. They only average about 50 yards a game passing in the regular season. But they scored a lot of points doing that. And that just didn't match up well with Orlando. And uh, Orlando's uh, – oh, tell me her first name again. Ch- Ch- Chandis. Chandis, right? The, the quarterback Candace. for Orlando? Candice Hunter, yeah. Candice or Chandis? Okay. I thought we had a it's CH on the Candace. front of it. It's Candice. Okay. okay. So I thought we had her in last week. So I thought she had a good game, good game throwing. Um, they did some multiple set kind of things and bunched their wide receivers, and that always takes a minute to figure out who you're throwing or who you're uh, covering. I thought they did a good job on mismatches and things like that. So they just came back, and they wanted that game, and they got it. So – Hats off to them. The second game was a little closer uh, at the beginning, even in the first two quarters. And then uh, it just, you know, it was a ball control type mentality. And um, the Sharks literally at the end, the fourth quarter kind of controlled that. And that's how they get, you know, uh, it's the, the score doesn't reflect that the, the game is being, I mean, the, the score reflects the game is being tight. But technically uh, uh, the Sharks were up basically by two scores primarily. So, they really did have a grasp of it after the third quarter. And so there you are. I mean, everybody was going for the finale, I think, besides me out of the whole panel, <laughs> um, that we didn't, yeah, you know, yeah. we anticipated maybe Minnesota <laughs> to do it. But you guys and everybody else that was on here before uh, were very adamant about how New York was really uh, durable about that and really consistent. So, and they showed, they, they kind of stayed together and they put up a consistent uh, scoring and with their weapons, uh, fields, and uh, and company. And so they just basically put up 27, and they kind of – their defense did the job then. And Minnesota kind of tried to keep, try to come back towards the end there, but I think just the timing and everything else was just – you know, the time was just against them at that point. Yeah, I definitely think because New York had to kick several field goals. So you get some touchdowns out of that, and it's a much – it's not a close game. And uh, – their number two receiver, Gina, had a great game. Um, I thought their O-line opened humongous holes, humongous holes, gaping holes. I mean, they got chunks of 15 yards all the time. And uh, their running back, oh, Janelle, she got some serious yardage. I mean, I just thought they had that game in control early on. They just didn't capitalize and get touchdowns as often as they probably wanted to. And then I thought that Minnesota was just had a game plan to ball control that, keep the ball out of Karen's hand. And, um, you know, they, they moved down the field the very first drive. Excuse me, I had to sneeze. Um, so I think their game plan was was just fine. They just 
you know, New York was just better and uh and good and Karen completed some big time passes and uh, and also I think they wanted revenge. First of all, both teams have been around a long time. Twenty years each team. Uh Sharks are done, at least under that name, and Karen's done or and says she's done. Um one never knows. And um but they're going abroad, uh and they're playing some teams abroad and I just I just think they also probably wanted a little revenge from the game that happened against Minnesota a couple of years ago. So, but you know it was a good game, interesting to watch. It was a it was a good opportunity here where everybody could see a stable game because we're so used to in season with so many blowouts that at this point at this weekend I think the only disappointment would be Orlando. But like you said, there's probably injuries on Arkansas side that limited their capabilities, and that's probably why we got that result. But Orlando did play really well. Their defense stood out pretty well. And we're going to talk to Melinda here in a couple minutes, kind of give us the, the rundown of what happened on that game. Uh, but Boston, uh, L.A., I really thought that was a change. When I first started seeing the first two quarters, um, I could see, you know, the fact that the Renegades were here to win it. They just seemed so on point. And then once Bonds got, you know, WM, WFA MVP, uh, Shantae Bonds, once she got going there, uh, I think she was at five for 162 and three TDs. Once she got going, it was just it was just not going to be. And you could see the Warriors completely, even as talented as they were, they were just not at that level. And so mm-hmm. right after the half, it really just – it was a breakaway, and uh, it was, what, 35-18, I think it was at some point, and then it was 42-18. to 18. But it was really a situation where everything just started to gel for Boston and – it just the Warriors could not, uh, you know, make a comeback. Yeah, I definitely. Now, was any? I was three and zero for the picks. Were you three and zero? Ah, no, I was two and one. I was okay. two and one because I so, took I took Minnesota. Okay, so I picked Minnesota, Boston, and I and I gave my reasons last week, and they basically panned out as I thought. I just thought Boston had played tougher schedule. They had a bigger roster. They go no huddle. They, I think they were built for the win. Um, they were there last year and didn't win it, so that always bugs you. Um, so, and I thought they executed better overall. Um, and they set up, uh, oh, Chantel. Uh, I mean, they wanted her to have the ball, and they set her up to, you know, on screenplays and just things like that to get her the ball. So, um, I thought they executed their game plan pretty well, and. I couldn't watch that game because I was traveling, but and I tried to watch. I, I've just seen the highlights and things like that, and and from the different write-ups, I tried to watch it post, and I even have ESPN app, but I just had a problem with it. So I'm hoping I can figure it out because that's the kind of games that you want to watch. I mean, those are some big girls. I'm not just saying wide bodies. I'm saying tall and lanky, and it's like watching the WNBA, but in football, they're just built to play football. So. On both sides. Yeah, and the re- the receiving core in, on in Boston is really really durable, and they're really fast. And so mm-hmm. I think uh, the Warriors, I think the Warriors were not built for the speed; they were built for containment, yeah. just like you did in Kansas against Kansas City. But overall, I think it was a situation where Boston just you could see that once they got going here after the half, and they started going up, you know, almost two scores, you could see that at that point that that was taking its toll on LA. And so yeah. eventually it just it just became Boston's game and 
And this is where I'm saying we, we talk about how the WFA could be elevated to a pro level, and it has to be the East Coast. You saw it this, this, uh, this week, even the All-Star game. The Nationals beat out the American side, and you saw pretty much every team on the East Coast win it. And I, I really believe because of the closer-knit, uh, you know, the teams are within the traveling scope of things. Because on the West, it's so much wider to travel, and the cost is so much greater. But on the East Coast, you really can make a, you know, a, a, a argument that says, this is where the WFA should focus on in terms of maybe a WFA pro level with six to eight teams because it's so closer proximity when you were talking about Boston, New York, and Washington, and Pittsburgh, and all that. Well, the thing I like is that they all want to play each other. I feel like in the West, sometimes the better teams avoid each other, um, and for whatever reason. But, you know, they're all out there. They're close. They want to have good games. They make a make a point to have good games, and I did watch the a lot of the WFA All Star game, and there's great athletes on both sides. There there really really is. There's great athletes on both sides. Um, I think in All Star games because they have limited practice, and all the athletes are really good. It just comes down to a few good plays that that either side makes, and because uh, you know all the quarterbacks can throw and. Uh, it just comes down to execution and who can execute and run their, you know, their base offenses. And, you know, the base defense is generally man-to-man. Um, you know, you can't get all super fancy when you have limited practice time. So, and that was a good game to watch. Once again, you're looking at players, you're thinking, yeah, they're all built to play football. So I liked how they changed up the the, w, the All-Star game this year, just having one and just having the first teamers go. Because I think last year they had three all. Did they have more? Did they have other years? Did they have more than one All Star game, or have they only ever had one? Do you? They've remember? only had one. They've had one. Okay. Okay. So yeah, they just had the first teamers go, and um, anyway, there was a lot of people that showed up on both sides. So that's good stuff too. Now, what did you think of the offense, the scheme for Boston? I think it was on point. They were using the strength the run game with the balance attack, and then eventually they just kept with the run game. And I think that was the key. Yeah, I think they are very well coached, and um, they have great players. And so it's a whole lot easier when you have great players, and they have big players. And so I think they do well at mixing up what they do um, because they have Allison Cahill, who's mobile, and she can throw. And then you've got your your running backs, and you and you got your speed at wideouts. So I mean, they're as well built as any women's football team can be built, um, physically. And then also they execute really well. And they've all been there. I mean, when I say all, you, you know, you always have a few rookies and stuff like that. But their organization's been there. Most of their team has been there as far as in the championship and playing high-level football. Um, and so many of the games in the East this year came down to just really close games. I mean, they. You know, they beat D.C., and then they lost to B.C., and then they beat D.C. And, you know, it's just sometimes who gets the ball last or who makes a certain play here. So if if D.C. had won that other game, I'm sure would have been a very similar type game against L.A. for D.C. because they're also built really well, and all those, game, all those teams play tough games. And L.A. only had four games this year. They had two home, two away. And there was nothing special about those games. So You made, you you made a point, and then um... – uh, Holly's made a point, 
And you did say that. Everybody said that. They, you know, not taking away anything from the talent that L.A. has, but we did right. criticize the fact that the schedule could hinder them, especially against battle-tested East Coast teams. And in the East Coast, they are battle-tested. I mean, New York faced yeah. Philly. New York faced Columbus. I mean, Boston, D.C., as you talk, Boston, Pittsburgh, Boston, Atlanta. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like uh, Orlando, D- Dixie, Dixie Blues, Orlando against Alabama. So literally, I think that, like you said, when it comes to football crunch time, when you are battle-tested, decision-making becomes a lot more precise versus when you're not, mm-hmm. you're still questioning certain things that might work. And I think that's where the difference is on, each, on uh, either coast. Yeah, and ironically, the best teams generally in the WFA are nor- or, uh, uh, northeast coast. So, I mean, you have Atlanta, who's Division One, but you have – you have, you know, Minnesota was Division One for a little while. New York used to be Division One, the Sharks, and then you still have Pitt and DC and and I know Chicago's kind of Midwest, but you know you can still get to all those places. And uh, so yeah, there's it's interesting that they're all just up there, and not so much in the South. I'm saying Division One, not that there's not good football in the South, but um, there's limited Division One teams nationally. And you know Portland, they're not they're not playing the schedule, and, and LA are not playing the schedule that those other teams have. And even Philly, who's Division Two, plays a tough schedule. So they do good. I think up it's there, just the, sure. I, I think it's just geogra- geographically. It just it's there's no avoiding it. You know that the fact that you're going to have to play the, the durable teams, especially out there, where yeah. even if you're D two, you're still facing D one. Even at once yep. or twice on the schedule, you're facing a D1. So it makes you even better in terms of a, you know, a squad because you are being tested. You get to a point where you get tested at a higher level, and then you see where mm-hmm. your program really lies. So um, let's well, bring in the – yeah, let's bring in Melinda Sparks, uh, the owner of and player of the Orlando Anarchy, the 2018 um, – Division three national champions into the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can go to the Zazzle shop uh, and at the No Joke Football shop for cool T-shirts, leggings, and gifts. And today, up to 20% off. So take advantage of it today. Subscribe to Zazzle Black for free shipping. So let's go into the huddle and bring in the uh, 2018 uh, championship owner, the Orlando Anarchy Division three champions. Uh, Melinda Sparks. Melinda, thank you again for making the time. I really appreciate it. And what a hot weekend in ATL. It was definitely hot Atlanta. Definitely. Definitely warm. Now, Melinda, uh, we are shocked at the score, but we were not shocked at the fact that you said you had a a team ready to come in. And so, uh, you know, Arkansas was doing pretty well for the first quarter or so, and then you you guys got going, and then your D and everything else just sort of fell into place. And here we have a, you know, a 46-0. We didn't anticipate a huge blowout like this, but it is what it is. And obviously, uh, the anarchy was ready to, 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 you know, to win it in a rematch. Uh, we worked really hard. Um, they they definitely fought hard also. Um, but I think that having you mentioned earlier that some teams didn't have a lot of regular season games and I was very surprised when Holly said she only had four games um we had a preseason game with the uh, North Florida Puma 
and we uh, played a strong schedule, which included two D2 teams. Um, so I guess, I guess it almost validates your statement. We worked out a lot of bugs throughout the season, and we were working for this championship and really working hard on our uh, defense and our hurry-up offense, and all of that came together in that game. Now, so we I, know I think, as – yeah, we know because uh, uh, Luis has spoken to this, and we spoke to it in the last podcast. When you go up against like a no huddle and you've never had, you've never faced a no huddle, it's a totally different environment for a team to kind of shift on the fly on that day. Uh, but when you go against it, maybe throughout the season, it's somewhat uh, you know, customary. So yeah, it's it's it was it was kind of in a way it was it was your moment basically. We worked hard to make it our moment. Um, our coaches and our players all had to buy into the no huddle. Um, and in really work hard to make it work because a no huddle when it works is great. When it doesn't, it's not a good thing. <laughs> not good at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And you are attested to that because you play, you play as well. So it's not like you're standing on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. There are things said in the huddle that you know, could make a comedy, but um, when it works well, it, it does work well. I don't know if anyone noticed in the first quarter. Um, I just thought this was hilarious. Uh, that field is also lined for lacrosse. Um, so the refs had a little bit of confusion where the goal line was in the first quarter. And we kept pounding it in. And actually, we had pounded it past the end, the um, goal line. And we had to stop down for a second while the refs got familiar with the field. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was funny. I was looking at that. I'm like, what What are they questioning here? It's, it's a score. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to bring them coffee, I guess, to wake them up. <laughs> well, we play on a few fields that have uh, soccer lines, lacrosse lines, and uh, the football lines. And as the uh, person who maintained the field, he says, some days it looks like a kindergartner went crazy with the crayons. And, um so it is an adjustment. You do have to really stay in the game and, and know what you're doing at all times when you get down there. So now let's bring Luis here to kind of pick your brain about the game here. Hey, I thought – did you guys run no huddle all year? Um, I wouldn't say all year, but most of the year, yes. Okay. Um, because I'm a huge fan of no huddle. I – been a part of the last five years and I just feel like it just gives you advantages first of all it gives you advantages in the whole uh, conditioning category and um, against another team it's a great idea against a team that only has 12 or 13 players and I like it for other reasons such as I love the speed and challenge of the game I love that you don't go back to the huddle and any no one can talk there's no discussing what happened you forget about the play that just happened because it forces you to forget about it. And um, and you're just up and ready to go the very next play. And so uh, we would huddle occasionally for extra points and maybe a special play that we were going to use or when you're obviously trying to run out the clock, we would always huddle. Um, but I love it. I just think it's addicting. And our players always loved it. And in certain sense, you don't have to run as much, especially for wide receivers, because they don't have to come back and forth. They just stay in their general area <laughs> and then get lined up again. So um, I thought that was really effective 
for you guys. And, um, you know, a lot of teams don't do it because, yeah, it takes it takes practice. It takes a good system. It takes uh, coaches that have the ability to call the plays really quickly. And so um, have you guys always run it, or did you just start doing it this year? And what advantages uh, did you see from it? Uh, we started doing it this year. Um, one of the advantages that I would say from a, a line standpoint, um, it allows you to focus on uh, what you need to do. You can see their defense set up better. So, you're, um, you know, as the center, I'm always looking for where they spot the ball and that kind of thing. But it allows me that additional little bit of time to see what's going on with their lineup. Um, the wide receivers have a little more time to really, you know, visualize their routes. Um, and like you said, it does take the uh, screaming and yelling out of the huddle. And what do you think was the – we talked last week some factors that you guys wanted to implement this this year versus last year. So at what point in the game, and sometimes it happens in pregame, where you think, oh, we got this. So at what point in the game did you think, you know what, we got this? Um. I always really respect my opponent until the end of the game, but I would say that when we came back in the uh, second half and were able to um, really run our uh, offense the way we wanted, um, the first half there were a couple of mix-ups on routes, and um, we still were you know, making sure that people were in the right place. But when we came back in the second half, we had everything dialed in and we were ready to go. Okay. Um, and when I say we got this, uh, sometimes it's from a mental standpoint. Also, you can see if teams, if they're prepared mentally when they show up or how they are in their pregame. And so, you know, there's a lot of games where I felt like, okay, this is our game, and the game hasn't even started. And then there's other games, and it's not a disrespectful thing at all. You're just looking at, uh, hey, we got this, we're more prepared. So that's why I was curious about that one. Um, my other question was, um did how many players did you guys dress? We dressed twenty three. Oh, did you? Oh gosh, I did not notice that many on the sidelines. That's my bad. Okay, so that's like double double their numbers. Um, did you feel like your girls were nervous at all? Did they feel different this year than they did last year in your eyes? Um, I think since most of the um, team was in Pittsburgh last year. I think yeah. that um, that nervousness was not there. We we do have first-year players, but we were able to calm them down. And um, really, like you said, the, the no huddle um, makes you focus a lot more on each and every play and, and what you're doing. And I think that helped the new players because, you know, they got the command, whatever the, the play name was. And so, you know, they had to be ready to do that. Um, so, I mean, to say that we weren't nervous would be lying. Um, but we knew we were able to focus a lot better this year. Did you change up any of your weekend preparation activities this year versus last year? <laughs> well, it always is interesting being on the road. Um, luckily, the game was not at noon. I'll admit last year having a game at noon really does mess up your whole game day routine when you eat, yeah. how you hydrate and all that. Um, being at three in the afternoon was a lot better. Um, and it is interesting, you know, it is on a Friday, not a Saturday. Um, 
you know, you have to travel. You have to, you know, get there. You have to make sure you have all your stuff. Um, it's always, that's always sort of like a, an additional obstacle. I wouldn't say that we changed anything up. Uh, we just really made the importance of hydrating. We knew it was going to be hot. Pittsburgh was hot. Atlanta was hot. So, I mean, we we prepared for that. Okay. Well, congratulations. Okay, here's my last question. Because any championship, any level feels good. So, uh, here's my last question. Who's got the craziest, most unique pregame ritual or pre or game item that they wear or something in those categories? Who's got it and what is hmm. it? Uh, well, we don't really have anything that's so-called crazy. Um, individual, I don't know, actually, individual player. Right. Um, okay. As a whole, it, uh, we're slightly boring this year. We used to have a player that, you know, would come and, and you know, just have um, a Spider-Man mask that she'd wear during <laughs> pregame and that kind of thing. But we don't even have that anymore. We have a couple of people that um, make sure that they wear a, um, uh, a rubber um, you know, the bracelet for, you know, one of their friends or something. But, no, we don't have anything crazy this year. Sorry. <laughs> no no magic underwear, nothing, huh? Nah, no magic underwear, okay. no magic socks. Okay. No, okay. sorry. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Congratulations. Back to you, Austin. Thank you. Thank you. Melinda, uh, so we talked about it last week. You get you said you're ready, and here you are. You were ready. So um, how much popcorn did you really have for the next two games? <laughs> um, the Sharks, as I said, that the Sharks would win. Um, I did not know. I couldn't give you a score. I think that was a good, tight score and everything. But I knew the Sharks were going to win. Um, now, with the uh, Boston-L.A. game, I put a whole bucket away. I mean, that one got, got – that one I didn't – I didn't know both teams that well, so it was it was like you said earlier, there were some things that you could see develop um on, you know, their their passing game and um how they defended against certain um play setups. So yeah, I went through a whole bucket on that game. And I know that you had to have like chucked it away when Bonds was just scoring. <laughs> that girl got off. <laughs> Five with one fifty two and three touchdowns. I mean Wow, the, the screenplays, they just they were just taking advantage of them. They were just the way it is. And that's what we were just talking about, Melinda, before we brought you on, that this, the WFA East Coast is so battle-tested once you get to this point, even on the finals and semifinals. I think it's just the proximities are so closer that you do have to face a D2 team and you get tested in, in season as well. So when you get to the finals, the, the semifinals, and then you get to the finals, you really, you really know, you know how do you have to adjust. True. Um, and again, um, I do find it interesting, you know, how few games certain teams played. Because uh, we played 13 games and uh, we only lost one. Uh, but like you said, playing a, D- a D2 game, you really have to step up. And um, I think that by the end of the season, as a core, we really could trust one another and knew that we'd be where we're supposed to be. And that for a D3 team, you know, because each year we do have quite a bit of turnover of personnel because, 
Orlando, believe it or not, is a small town where you work three jobs, and some people just can't commit all the time. And um, so it is interesting. The personnel does change. Um, it's interesting to, to like see the history of the Sharks and the players they've had for years and years and years. Um, you know, we're trying to get a program that's strong at all times, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. So, Melinda, the the anarchy at this point, the, every year it's a decision making. Uh, we talked to Arkansas a couple podcasts ago, and their attitude was, uh, "There's no way we can commit number wise to another level." So their attitude is we, we're going to be the best DT, uh, D3 team that we can be. So is that your mindset at this point based on, like I you think, said, things that drop off in Rester is just to maintain that D3 level of confidence for you? There's, yeah, I mean, you know, for those people who say that, oh, well, you should move, and I, you know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to take into consideration, and that's, that's at all levels. You know, for for an outside entity to make uh, that kind of a comment on any team, you know, it's just not fair. Uh, we'll be staying in D3. We'll be working hard to, uh, you know, maintain our winning. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult. I mean, hats off to those who knew they couldn't make it in the playoffs and went ahead and said, you know, we can't do it. We don't have the money. We, we're, we're injured. And, you know, hats off to them because – you know, there's sometimes that you you know you gotta you gotta stay real because, as the joke is, we all have to go to, back to work on Monday. Um, sure. You know, it's like before the trip, uh, my vehicle overheated and you know quit running. So, you know, I scrambled to get to Atlanta like everybody else, and I got back on Monday and I'm trying to figure out what to do about the car and <laughs> you know going to work. It's you know yeah back we get to reality. real life reality after the. Uh after the event, of course. Um, so, Melinda, D3, is that where you're you're going to maintain because of that? I mean, you're being realist. That's what really what it boils down to, right? Because you can't support the 30-man roster or even 20. Uh, D3 really is more suitable for you in terms of being competitive, right? Right. That, that's what that is. I mean, you know, uh, hats off to, to anyone in, you know, being able to maintain a D1 schedule and or a D2 schedule. But that's just not what we can do now. It's, it, we're going to stay at D3. All right. So the the winning uh, at this point, the last two years, has it done anything for you at this point for sponsorship when you go out there and do sponsors and say, okay, you know, we're runners up in 2017, we're revamp our program, we're champions now in 2018. Has that of anything helped out in terms of in the last, like, three seasons or so? Uh, definitely it's helped. It's interesting to have dialogues with sponsors. Um, you know, you've got different sponsor groups. There's there's sponsors who like to sponsor youth football because it's cute and cuddly. And, you know, it, you have to really, um, when you reach out to a sponsor, you know, find out where you can connect with them. It definitely has gotten a little easier. I wouldn't say all of the, you know, it's not a cakewalk by any means. And I know it's different for each and every market. Um but it, it's gotten easier, but it's not perfect, and I don't think it ever will be for women's sports. That it's it's um, it's hard to say why there's that disconnect, but you know it, it is there, and it's it's a little hard to define. But um, 
you know, we're reaching out to everybody. And now, like you said, that we are the champions, it's interesting who's reaching back to, to us. Melinda, have you tried to reach out to uh, the local soccer clubs, the pro, t- pro clubs? I know a lot of teams in the Northeast try to go to events and try to support, like, the you know, the fellow soccer clubs and stuff like that. I know you guys have a pro club in town, right? Right, and we've reached out to them, and we've we've gone to uh, a few of their events and stuff. And uh, when the uh, Pulse tragedy happened, they came and they visited Paula in the hospital. And so we did reach out to them, but, you know, to define our relationship with them, uh, that really hasn't gelled, you know, what, you know, they would like out of the relationship versus what we need out of the relationship. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always one day at a time. All right. So, you know what, what was the key to the game? Give us some players on your team that we were watching that you were on the sidelines. Who, who, who stood out for you? I mean, obviously your QB, that's usually the standard in any win, but who was the other players, your playmakers for this win? I would have to say, uh, Paula Blanco. She did an excellent job on defense. Uh, nobody got away from her. We had um, uh, Coco um, Brian. She did a wonderful job receiving. Uh, Crystal Bell again did a, a great job. Uh, Michelle Anthony on defense. Um, all everybody worked together. You know, we've always joked eleven hats to the football, and I think that that happened on defense. On offense, uh, we were able to get a few few key passes into, like I said, to Crystal Bell and Coco Bryan. And um, so I wouldn't say, again, it would, I mean, Candace did a great job. And, yes, you say it, Candace, you don't say the age. Um, did a great job of, um, you know, hitting all of her receivers and, and you know, seeing what was open. Um, and I, I think that we, this game we really worked as a team. Coaches were able to, you know, make adjustments. And um, then the players, you know, were receptive and ready to do it. And uh, I just, you know, I was, I'm very proud of the team. We all worked together. You know, when things needed to be changed, it got changed. And um, I wouldn't say one particular person stood out. I mean, Candace can throw some great footballs, but if there's nobody at the other end, it's pretty useless. Um, so I, I think everybody worked really, really well together. Well, it sounds like it did because it's a 46-0 to rowdy. So that was really good. Uh, we didn't anticipate that, but at the same time, as you said, it just seems like when you started to watch the game and you started to see the chemistry that was on the field on your side of the ball, it really was one of those things that, you know, you already kind of figured that out. Like you said, after the half, you figured, okay, they're just bound to get better as after the half comes in. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if you watch the game in the first half, we had some mis- mis- missteps, and, and we, we corrected those. And um, and I think that the second half, we were able to settle down and, and you know, play the game. And uh, they were not a cakewalk. I don't want anybody to think that, that they fought hard all the, throughout the game. And, um, you know, that that game, we wanted it. We had basically prepared for it all year. And, um, you know, we weren't going home without that win. <laughs> no, it sounds like you were ready. Like I said, it, it just seems like 
you guys are really, really set. Um, it's unfortunate, like you said, off the off, off the field stuff that happens to, to try to you know try to get to that to that point and get over there. Um, but I, I hope things will remedy for this coming week for you and and things uh, pan out and go back to normal in a sense. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. congratulations on yourself, you know, putting the structure together, getting this team up and running, putting the season together. Um, as Candace had alluded on our last podcast, a lot of football in 13 weeks. So that right there in itself was kind of a battle-tested club for you guys. And it showed uh, in Atlanta, 46-0. to zero, And literally, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but you, you're running a great organization. Um, fortunately, you know, the funding is never in this in this uh, type of environment, and let's hope it gets better for a lot of other teams. But uh, hats off to you and to your coaching staff as well as to everybody on the roster this season that obviously punched in the championship. Well, thank you. And, and it, it is uh, important for everybody to remember that it is um, not only the coaches, it's people who help on the sideline and that – and in addition to the players on game day, we're all working for setup and making sure things get done. But I think I've got like the best coaches in, in anywhere, whatever league you want to talk about with Tony Chavez and Sherman Harlow and Crystal Holmes and Kristen. They've, they've made it possible for us to, to come together and play strong football. All right. So I, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of beer. Or drinks or fluids after the, <laughs> after the win. <laughs> was, wine, as some people lib- go with. Nope. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, libations uh, being consumed. Yes, <laughs> and and they they definitely did the uh, the Atlanta scene. Uh, that's not exactly my idea of a fun time, but they definitely definitely uh, held strong in the party department. So and why not, right? Just just let loose right <laughs> after that you're done. I mean, this is a great season. Like you said, 13 weeks. You got to give it up to them. So, uh, congratulations once again, Melinda. Thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, we're really really proud of the Orlando Anarchy and everything that you've uh, done this year. And Division Three WFA National Champion. So awesome job. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for all you do to try to get the word out about women's football. I appreciate that. Have a great week. Uh, enjoy your championship. We'll touch base maybe uh, in the off season uh, as we come down to January, as you know, if everything happens and then we'll touch base on, on what you look like because everybody's going to be spotlighting and eyeing you for the next season as well. So as we come into January and February, so really appreciate it. Have a great uh, the rest of the summer and uh, looking forward to next season. All right. Thank you. You have a great day. All right, guys. Uh, so, Louise, there you go. Um, Melinda just having a great time there. Um, and she obviously, you know, she punches it in. National champion, Division Three. Yeah, you know, I'm really happy for them because I saw, like, a news highlight on them that one of their local news stations had done and that they didn't win any games last year. And it's still amazing to me that they can get so many games. A Division Three team can play 12 or 13 games. And, uh, you know, I just think that's awesome. It's just the West just really struggles in, in every, you know, in more than one league. It's not just one league. Right, right. Um, the WWE yeah. struggles. So, um, really happy for them. And just coming from the bottom all the way up, that's just a really cool feel-good story. 
both both New York and uh, Orlando, just really good feel good stories. Not to take anything away from Boston, but um, you know, good two good stories. All right, so let's go into the second huddle. Obviously sponsored by Zazzle.com. Go to Zazzle.com forward slash Great Beauties. Get your leggings, tees, and everything else there. Up to 20% off today. Final sale here for this week. Uh, and then uh, you can go to Zazzle.com forward slash. The uh, tab's on our Twitter feed and Facebook page. Every sale goes out to uh, for us to spotlight another talented athlete globally that plays American football. And so we are very, very happy to do that. And so uh, please go to the shop, uh, see what you can get. And if anything, get the No Joke Football slogan shirt. That's literally the, the best shirt, the best-selling shirt that we got. So 20% off today. So let's go into the huddle. And it's going to be a pleasure to bring in the Division Two champions, Andrea Douglas, and legendary quarterback Karen Mulligan in the house of the New York Sharks. So, uh, ladies, congratulations. Uh, it is the finale it is the book story. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and Andrea, this is the uh, another chapter that you got to write that you didn't want to write, but you're going to have to write it. <laughs> Oscar, this was Walt Disney couldn't have done a better job scripting this one. I'm telling you, um, I, I still can hardly sit still. I'm so excited. Yeah, I saw you being lifted. I, I hope everybody was, everybody had you safely up there. I saw that that pic where they got you moving and lifting up there. So. Uh, Congratulations. Um, It was a great moment. I mean, uh, Minnesota came to fight, and then eventually here uh, your crew just kind of started to put together a good good motion, and then time obviously was the kind of an enemy for them at that point. But uh, congratulations on what a win for you guys uh, to come to Atlanta and then put it together. It it really was. It was so, so, so special for so many reasons. And, um, you know, I have to give it to Minnesota. They they played a a heck of a game. And, um, you know, I've always looked at Minnesota as more of a sister than a rival because we got in this together at the same time and we've been around for so long. And it's just the way, you know, like we were talking a few weeks ago, the fact that we – played them in 1999 as our very first game, and then we ended with them here, uh, our very last game, and we were fortunate enough to win both of them, oddly enough, by six points. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, someone should do the numbers on this and go play lotto or something, you know? It's, oh, yeah. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the odds were, but the odds were in your favor, because I did, unfortunately, I have to apologize, I did not take the Sharks. I was taking the Vixen. Um, so, but oh, hey, you know what? I was I'm proven wrong. <laughs> no, you, you should hang up. You have a right to hang up. No, I'm kidding, I was the I'm only kidding. guy on the panel that said Minnesota, and I'm like, okay. It's Everybody not that I have a relationship with Laura Brown or anything like that. It's not that. It's just that was just how to make a pick. We forced him. Oh, yeah. You guys forced him. Okay. <laughs> well, but, you know, Andrew, it, it was a great uh, moment. It was a great moment in the stands, too. We saw a lot of excitement on, on from the highlights. Oh, everyone went crazy. I mean, and we had so many uh, friends and family members there. We had a lot of, a lot of support from other teams. It, it was just, um, like I said, I can hardly – I'm still on cloud nine, and I know my, my whole team, my coaches. I have to give a shout-out, though, to, to Fabian Alessandro, our head coach. That man is just so special. He put together an incredible staff. He was so communicative all year long. He 
got everyone to buy in, and um, I think it would have been really hard to to beat us this past Saturday, Friday night. I think it would have been hard because everyone on this team was so plugged in, and we were all for one, and we had each other's backs, and there was, uh, I, I can't tell you the, the vibe and the feeling that w- has been going around this whole season, and it just culminated in that Friday night, and um, I think it would have been hard to, to bring us down. I really do. Sorry, Andrew, it's but called love. Feeling. It's called love. Yeah. I think everybody I think wanted to right. give it give it to you. You know what I mean? It was called love. That's really what it yeah. looked like when you saw it. Everybody really wanted to really send you off into that sunset as a champion, and you are a champion in other ways too. But this was the, the you know the point to send you off as a champion, and uh, I think uh, hats off to everybody that came back to your team, yeah. everybody that was on the team, and then obviously the coaching staff that and all the relationships. That's what I get. To, I, I was starting to hear a lot on the group boards, the amount of relationships that you've built with a lot of people, and, and you talked about how you've changed a lot of lives, you know, through the football me- uh, mechanism, but also, you know, through your uh, leadership and also being at the forefront. Um, so those things, that you know, you don't notice that because it's not on a football field and it's not a catch or a play or whatever. But I think, you know, in the end, uh, that's really what it was. It was just a lot of love and, and the fact that you – this was the moment and you did win it uh, just shows all the passion that everybody had for just giving you this moment. I, I felt that too. I, I completely felt that. And I think that's why I'm still so, so overwhelmed. I'm absolutely overwhelmed at the way it all came down and the love that I felt behind it from everyone. I mean, like I said, so many other teams that were there supporting us and, um, it was just, it was an incredible feeling. I, I've never felt it before. Um, I, I'll never feel anything like that again. And, um, you know, and also for Karen, everyone wanted Karen to, to win a ring so badly. She's just been such a stellar, incredible athlete and leader. And we wanted it for each each one of us, you know. And it was a love for everyone and our coaches. And all of our coaches worked so hard. And like I said, Fabian has just been a genius this season. And um, like I said, I couldn't script it any better. I, I just this was heavenly. It was heavenly. It really was. So let's bring in uh, Karen here. Uh, Karen, I uh, I am honored to speak to you. I've spoken to uh, Allie Hamlin, Lisa Horton, and now I get to speak to another legend, Karen Mulligan. So uh, <laughs> I'm honored to have you on. And uh, what a game you had. And not including the All-Star game, because we saw the All-Star game, too, you and Horton there in the All-Star game. But what a game, uh, this one. Going up against Kirsten Hansen, pretty young uh, quarterback, and you've, brought, you've seen her before in, in the uh, IWFL, you know, the, the big game that happened when you guys were in the IWFL. But this game, this game sort mm-hmm. of uh, transpired into the beginning with a, a little bit of punching in the points, getting the points, and then eventually you guys got it together here. And then it wasn't an easy win by – Say, but it was a strategic win, as Andrew was saying. Yeah, um, you know, and thank you for the the compliment. I appreciate that. Uh, it's legendary stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, you know what? The, the game. Um, it was a good game. Um, not didn't get the start that I wanted to. Um, you know, I, I always have nerves before a game start, and either I'm running on a thousand or you know, 
um, in, in this particular case, you know, I, I started to feel a little bit of the pressure and just needed to get myself calm again. Um, you know, I wanted to, to get a pretty quick start um, on Friday night. Um, and it, but you know what? It didn't happen. And so uh, we just kept plugging away, and I knew sooner or later that, you know, things were going to start to click. We just needed to get that, that rhythm going. And um, I, I'm glad that I'm glad it happened sooner than later. Um, but yeah, uh, it was you know back and forth for a bit, um, and we were just able to connect um, on a couple of theories uh, that you know gave us uh, an edge at one point. So you know, it worked out. <laughs> well, there was a, there was a couple of, uh, moments where you and Fields were almost in sync, and it would have been worse for uh, I think Minnesota, but it just didn't happen. But it, once you guys got it together there, it was pretty well. But uh, can you speak to your wide receivers? All season, they were able to <clears throat> on the insides as well, and they were able to just kind of burn people almost all season. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love those girls. Um, from the veterans, you know, to the rookies that, that don't even get that much playing time. Um, they They work really hard. Um, they're, they're a a close knit group. Um, I've just been fortunate this season that, especially with my, my starting four, even I would say five and six, um, you know, you could put any one of those girls in and I've been fortunate that it, it, it wouldn't matter who I threw the ball to. Um, I had confidence that they were going to catch it, and, you know, if I made a good throw, like you're talking about that, a couple of those throws to, to Brylin Fields, um, you know, I just had a little bit too much on it. And like I said before, I just I needed to calm down. Um, and, and it happened in, in one of the playoff games as well. I started out, came out, you know, all revved up, and, you know, I just needed to calm myself down and uh, be a little bit more accurate. But, um, but my receivers, I can't say enough about them. Um, you know, I, I trust those girls to do – um, what they've been taught. Um, they communicate so well within each other and with me um, that this group, you know, I, I've had other individual teammates um, that have been amazing. But as a whole, this group, I really, they really don't, you know, no one else compares to them. Um they're they're all different uh, and special and, and good in their own way. Um, I I really I really lucked out, you know, and to have been playing with the majority of them the past couple of years, you know, that relationship is really important, you know, to where you know sometimes you don't need to say something; it's just a look, and you automatically know what each other is thinking based on what defense is doing, or you know, um, when you come off the field. You're like, hey, and it's not where you're not yelling at each other. Like, what are you doing? It's more like, hey, what did you what did you see on that? You know, what, is there a reason why you did that? And and it's more of just, uh, you know, talking and trying to figure out, you know, what what went wrong or what we're supposed to do, and and you know, tweaking things to 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 get an edge on defense. Um, so I can't say enough about about my my receivers. Um, they're they're just great people. Um, they're great athletes and. And I was fortunate enough to have them, uh, you know, all back this last season. 
Yeah, as a whole, I think your team was very cohesive all season. Even the run game was pretty good. Uh, the kicking game was really good. Even the defense at times had great stops. So overall, you guys did a pretty good job. Uh, Minnesota, I think really the D there started to tighten down. Uh, Braun and Erlander started to really put the heat on. But it just it was just the timing and the time constraint then at that point towards the fourth quarter really was on your favor. So really that's what it looked like when we started watching the game towards the end there. But, uh, you know, great opponent that they are as well. They, they fought to get here. They did a good job. And so, uh, you know, hats off to you guys for that big win. Let me bring in Luis here and our college football guru, Troy Wilson, in the house here to kind of just uh, pick your brain here. So, Luis, go ahead. Okay, I got several questions. Um, congratulations. <laughs> I just don't think that you can win a championship on um, – I think it's very, very slim that anyone can win a championship unless their team – works together, loves each other, and is all on the same page. I just don't think it happens. Um, Absolutely. So to hear you talk, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah I do too. You, I think that's just awesome. And it shows other people and sets an example that you have to be this way. If you're going to come in and play on any sports team and think you're going to do it differently, it's just not going to happen for you. So glad it was that for you guys. Um, I have to say the announcers were awesome. <laughs> I had, like they one of them said they're affiliated with you guys for many years. Pat Brown, he's the best. Yeah, Pat been with us for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those hey, guys were the father of one of our DBs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, those guys were awesome. So um, I just thought they made it really fun to watch the game and just uh, they were just way into it. So good for them. Um, and also, I when uh, when you were talking about. Uh, just the overwhelming feeling of winning the championship and just just everything that goes with that. I remember just think some of the days that I would wake up in the week after, I'd wake up in the morning and think, I'm a national champion. And so I want to know if you guys <laughs> experienced that at all, where you just think, okay, this is a really cool feeling. I'm a national champion. And no one even knows. I don't. I know it's not true that no one knows. And then you go back to your normal life and you're just, you know, regular Joe Blow kind of thing. So I want to know what you guys have felt on that. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a teacher, so I don't I don't actually go back to work until like September fourth. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, my family knows, and they're all supportive. I'm, I'm getting messages from, you know, cousins, aunts, uncles, and friends all over the place. But it's still such a like an unreal feeling, and and you know, a bunch of the girls were talking about it this weekend, and they keep saying like, "Holy crap, we won!" You know, like. All right, you know, and you get excited, and and um, I have I have teammates over now because we, <laughs> we just uh, we were talking and like, well, what are we gonna do? <laughs> like, we're supposed to we have practice on Tuesdays, and so some of the girls are like, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, well, come over, you know. So we've been we've been talking about the weekends, uh, you know, for the past couple hours. Um, yeah, it's 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 unreal. Um, you know, we keep saying to each other, like, you know, it'll sink in. It'll sink in. I'll get it. You know, and I had a moment, actually, I'll be honest. I had a moment Sunday morning. Um, we were in the hotel room, and my my center was actually in there at the time. And, uh, and we were just talking about things. And, and I actually had a moment where, like, I started crying. And um, she was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah. Like, I, I don't even, I can't even tell you what 
that was about. <laughs> you know, just yeah. thinking about everything and and you know, I cried after the game and I, you know, hugging teammates and I, I I cried harder when I my parents were there watching and they they've pretty much been at like almost every home game in my entire career. And uh, you know, they came down to Atlanta to watch so I cried a little harder when actually when I hugged my mom. Um Yeah. But it was you know, it it's still you know, there's there's a lot, you know, it's the last year of the Sharks, and it took us a crazy long time to get here, and, and what you were saying about the team being together, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you, and such a such a difference from last year, last year I was fighting for people to come to practice, um, I we had more meetings, and I sent out more emails about showing up to practice um, than I probably had in my entire career. And, and this year, I didn't write a single one um, from the very amazing. beginning. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, the rookies bought in. Um, they were there, you know, the people, veterans that um, had come back, even even ones, you know, that played last year, a couple that didn't play last year. Um, everybody was, was on the same page. And it was really just an amazing feeling. And, and, and I, to be honest, I don't even – I might have felt that once before. I mean, Andrew, you, I mean, you know. Well, I, I mean, we've been together a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was. We sure I, have. I don't and, know. And the practice turnout was overwhelming, and it does, it, it did, and it does make a difference. I mean, we have 43 people on our roster, and there was not one practice this year from the first day of minicamp that we had less than 30 people. And, and that's unprecedented for yeah. us. I, I don't know about other teams, but totally for us. Um, so it was, it was just everyone bought in and, and being the last year of the Sharks, I mean, I, you know, I did okay through the season, you know, and as it came drawing, uh, you know, closer to the end, I, I was a, a blubbering mess. Um, <laughs> and it was funny because before the game, the, the whole week leading up to it, I, I cried. I would wake up and just cry. I would go to practice and cry. I would, you know, on the plane, I think I cried. And and then after we won, I haven't been able to wipe the grin off my face. There were tears of joy, and then I can't stop smiling. Every text that goes out, everyone's still texting, you know, hey, champ, hey, we're champions. You know, it's just texts are flying around, emails. I can't stop grinning. I'm so happy for everyone. It's it's incredible. It really so is. have you have never won a championship? I thought you guys had. We did uh, back in yeah. two thousand two, yeah, uh, but Molly wasn't with us. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I was uh, okay. Yeah. My rookie year was two thousand three, and okay. we went to the Super Bowl in two thousand three and two thousand four. Um, played Sacramento, uh, Sacramento Sirens both times, lost to them both times, um, and it was cool to go, but I don't really. I was just learning football, and I wasn't even a quarterback back then. Um, and I, I don't even, you know, I went to two Super Bowls my first two seasons. Like, and I don't even, I don't think I really understood or grasped, you know, the magnitude of, of being there. Um, you know, and women's so football is, you know, fairly there, new man. at that point. You know, so yeah, so like when we obviously we didn't like to lose, but you know, I wasn't. I I don't think I was all that upset, you know, because I didn't really. Yet what was well, going you didn't on. have I didn't the years have, invested like now. Yeah, I didn't have that much invested. 
Um, and then no. we went to the East Coast Championship. My second year as a quarterback, um, we went to Atlanta and played Atlanta Explosion, I believe. Um, pouring rain, our kicker had gotten hurt. Uh, we had had one of our receivers kick, um, and we actually missed a field goal that uh, would have tied the game, and we actually lost 10-7. Um, and that was that was the last time that I was in an East Coast Championship up until, you know, 2016. And, you know, so. Okay, um, so I want to know really retire. Because retirement is, is kind of sucky. But so can you really retire? Can you hear Louise's voice there? <laughs> I can. <laughs> Not even you know, to be honest, uh, if, if Andra didn't go through, because I've, I've been hearing for years, Andra, and it's like, oh, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to be done. And, I, I, yeah, and I've been trying looked, for a while. She had, looked, she had looked for other people to, to take the reins, and it just didn't happen. Um, but I, I really retired last year. I mean, like, seriously, retired. She did. We retired and her number, everything. Well, if, that happened to me, and I still played this year, so, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> well, it's hard. The right, it's you know, hard this whole thing is, when they set up the it, bat signal. Up the bat signal, and so then you got to go answer the call, kind of stuff. So, <laughs> well, you know, honestly, if if Andra, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't have come back if Andra didn't really retire. Okay. Like I didn't even say anything. We went to the banquet, you know, we give out awards and and you know recognize people for certain things, and Andrew had really went through the process of selling the team uh, to, the, to you know, Gabby's parents, and and he got up and said a few words, and and that is when I knew that she, that it happened, and she actually did that, because I didn't believe her <laughs> up, up <laughs> until that point. Um, and so, you know, she had, she had asked if we would be involved, um, if I would be involved, and I thought I might show up and help out, uh, you know, our, our younger quarterback, um, See, the newer quarterback, Danny. That's the first yeah, step. And, what happened? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll show up and help her out because we weren't going to have our quarterback coach either. He was, he was also done and had to do some things, you know, in her, his personal life that he'd put to the side, you know, from coaching us. So, um, but yeah, I thought about it for a long time, and I was like, you know, well, it, since Andrew's really going to be done, I think it's only. I wish she would have had said something or done this earlier so I wouldn't have made that announcement. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was like, you know what, I can really, I can really do this. You know, I'll, I'll go out with her. I, I think it's only right. Um, I've been a shark my entire career. And, you know, why don't I? Yeah, I was so hoping she'd her. come back. I mean, we had to go out yeah. together. It was the only way. And you had to get the band back so. together. So there was that call. It's either the bad signal or the band. Yeah, it's one of those. So, <laughs> yeah, we we got them all back together, and you know, once I I put the ink on the, you know, signed the ink on the line that it was sold, I was like, you know, Molly, this is it. I'm I'm serious. The team is yeah. we're, we're gone, and um, and that's when they started coming out of the woodwork. Um, okay. you know, all the players that came back and the, the coaches that we that we found and that Fabian put together and the ones that we had that wanted to come back. And it's just been, like I said, an absolute magical season. Um, yeah. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't have told you 
that anything was going to go the way that it did, you know, in the beginning of this season. I just, the first practice I was there, I did not dress. Um, I didn't say that I was coming back. I just, for me, I just wanted to stand there, not in equipment and not participating, you know, and see, and just to check out what it felt like and to see who was there because that was really, I wasn't going to go through another season like we did last year. Yeah, that was horrible. Um, and just the number, that the number rough. of girls that showed up, um, it was, it was, uh, it was something. I was like, wow, okay, you know, and, and just, just the energy was a lot different. So, you know, at the at the end of that practice, you know, having everybody introduce themselves and say how many years they've been playing, and so everybody went through, and I was just kind of standing there, and you know, it it came around to me, and I was like, yeah, you know. Karen Mulligan, and before I could even say anything, a couple of teammates yelled out, 16th year. And so I kind of said it. I was like, 16th year. And then they all, you know, got excited, and that was that. So, you know, I was there, you know, because if, if you're going to be in it, you know, if you're going to say you're going to do it, you have to be there. And with, just with my position and whatnot, there's there's no – you don't miss anything. You have to be there. You have to show up if you want to – you want people to follow and buy in. So – yeah, you know, so I knew I was well, just going to be fully committed from that point. So that's what happened. Well, that's pretty awesome. Um, I'll I'll let uh, I'll let you go on that one. But I just want to shout out really quick. The O line was making up huge huge holes. Those are gaping. Um, oh yeah. Gina, game. Uh, running back number twenty. Sweet game. Uh, but Gina had some great catches. So, anyways, kudos to you guys. And uh, glad it all worked Thank out you. for you. Uh, that's just. I hope that you can think for a long time when you wake up, man. I'm a national champion because that's a pretty cool thought. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> very much. Thank you. Hey, how you doing? Guys? Let's bring in Troy in here. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, how hi. Are how are you? Doing well. Doing well. So I just wanted to congratulate you guys first on on winning the national championship. This is never the easiest thing to do. Um, you know, sometimes as fans, we kind of make it more simple, simplified than it is. But, you know, you guys took the long, hard road there. So I want to definitely congratulate you guys, especially beating a team that, uh, you know, beat you guys also a few years back. So congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you so much. So right now, the euphoria of being a champion and, you know, with – you know, the Sharks kind of disbanding right now. What are you guys' plans uh, going forward? Molly, you want to go first? No, go ahead. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I know um, I, I do. I, I want to do a lot of traveling. Um, you know, it seems like we play right in the best times to travel, the best months to travel, you know, April through July. And um, I really want to get in some traveling that I've been wanting to do. Uh, I'm an artist. I want to really get into my paintings a little bit more. Uh, One of my series has featured football players from all the teams, not just my own. Um, I'd like to maybe expand on that series and maybe get a traveling show around. so you know, I have uh, I have so many things on my list. I think I've written one book, but I think I need to write the sequel because um, this uh, 
this past year and the years that have led up to the second championship are well deserving of being chronicled and um i might i might dive into that um spend more time with my family i have a very very special family uh, my mom in florida my two sisters are, are so supportive my niece and nephews um so you know just spend more time relax travel paint life is good you know <laughs> it's really good <laughs> I don't know if I, I find anything anything that exciting. I don't paint. I don't know that. Um, <laughs> you know, paint with a football, Molly. Uh, yeah. I mean, my teammates know that I'm not far, um, and I can't see that, you know, that I won't be around them. Um, yeah, Especially, you know, with, with the new team starting, um, I kind of – I won't put – Obviously, I won't put the time in like I did playing, um, and I and I won't even commit to like coaching. Um, but I, I know that I'm gonna. I I, I don't know. I kind of feel not an, not obligated, but I kind of feel a responsibility to make sure they're okay. Um, sure, sure, and know, we will. To yeah, to make sure that you know this transition is. It goes smoothly, um, and, and I love the Farrells. They're great people. Um, they sure are. But, you know, um, if if we don't have my quarterback coach coming back, I want to make sure uh, Danny Ayala, who, who's my backup, I want to make sure she she has tools um, to be successful. Um, you know, make sure, and I'm sure they're going to get a good coaching staff, um, you know, make sure because, you know, my my receivers and my O-line, um, you know, just to help them settle in. Um, but, you know, for me, yeah, you know, we spent uh, all of this time, you know, the travel times and and so many weekends, you know, you give up, you know, to football. And, and it, it's been first in my life for, like, the last 16 years. Um, I've missed a lot of things, which I was totally fine with. But, you know, that's what I committed to. And I chose I chose that life and that lifestyle. Um, and, and I wouldn't change it for anything, you know. But, you know, now I'm I'm not going to have to, you know, be gone for a whole weekend or, you know, getting four hours of sleep on a practice night. Um, you know, so, so those right. types of things, little things like that, um, I'm going to get back. And I'm sure it's going to be weird and it's going to be difficult. Um, I, I don't know what retirement feels like. Uh, I've been an athlete my entire life, so... Um, yeah, it, it's it, weird. It's, it, I'm sure it's going to be difficult, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting that time back. You know, and I'll be around, so it's it's not like it's leaving my life completely. Well, it's so hard just to walk away. I mean, Lord knows I've tried several times, and even now with the team <laughs> being sold, I'll never walk away from these kids or the game or the ferals if they should need any help. I mean, you can't just – it's it's my life. So it's not like I'm going far. I'm just going to be including some other things. That's beautiful. I mean, you know, especially with, you know, the bond that you create, you know, especially after – Going through that grind, you know, off season workouts and many, you know, going to camp, and, um, everything that goes on transpires through the season. 
this is where it's the culminating championship. There's got to be a bond that you guys will never be able to break. Never. No, you're right. It's it's uh, and this in, in winning, especially in this whole last season, it's. Uh, I think it's something that'll last a lifetime. I mean, most of my best friends um, are I've met through this sport, and over the past 20 years being involved in it, and um, it's just a passion that everyone shares, and uh, it's going to continue till the day I die. I'm I'm positive of that. So you don't you don't you don't join or or start to play football because you think like oh I'm going to make so many friends. You know, yeah. join, you know, from that competitive side, and but it's just, it's a, it's just a benefit. It's just one of the perks, um, and not that you get along with. Right. Them, there's always people you don't get along with, but um, the relationships that I've built. Um, but even them, we've a number with. of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> That's the relationships that I, that I've built um, with you know majority of my teammates. Um, yeah, I, you know I. You know, some of these girls are, are my closest friends. Um, you know, you've just been through a lot together over the years. And, uh, you know, just because we stopped playing football, it's not like that relationship ends. So, for sure. Just another another perk. Gotcha. And, and my last question is, how did you guys feel going this game. I mean, I know we would all, you know, we're all confident in our athletic abilities and things like that. But how did you feel going into it? Were you guys very confident that you guys come out and come out as champions on the other end? I feel like I feel like we were. I, you know, I feel they always talk about, you know, you want to be playing your best football, you want to peak at the right time. And I feel like going into our Tampa game, um you know, for the for winning the the conference, um, I feel like that's that's right where we were. Um, just yeah, everything was clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our our O line, you know, communicating and operating on a level. You know, and there's always mistakes, but just a level that they were on. You know, the receivers, the backs, even defense. You know, they we we're talking earlier that they made some really great plays. I mean, and teams adjusted and they came back and made some, you know, really good runs, you know, against us. and, um, But it was just, I don't know, it was, everything just seemed right. Um, everything was falling into place. And, you know, I, I know that we felt confident um, these last couple weeks and, and definitely going into this past weekend. Um, yeah. You know, we knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, but, you know, we believe in our coaching staff and, and they're going to give us, you know, the tools to be successful. And I think a lot of that, you know, with being prepared, you know, fell on our coaching staff and, and more so our head coach, Fabian. Um, we've never been more prepared. Um, True. So, you know, that that had a lot to do with it. I, th- I think we were, uh, you know, I don't think we were overconfident because, first no. of all, we have a lot of respect for Minnesota um, and all the teams that we've played. But um, I think it was, like like you said, Molly, it, we peaked at the right time. And when we – what went along with that peak was a steady confidence. And 
it was also that belief in each other and and the love as Oscar mentioned it was it was all there and um we were just uh going into that I felt like we were uh, you know hitting on all eight cylinders everyone was pumped um it was a uh, it was a very confident feeling like i said i i would have been surprised um you know of course any anything could happen in a game you know that uh, i mean it was a close game and that's just what we expected but i really would have been surprised um if we hadn't come out on top top just because of the things i've i've just mentioned you know um we were so well prepared we were so together and we had a mission you know we really had a mission it was the grand finale and um, sometimes those missions, I mean, when we won in 2002, our mission was for our fallen teammate that we'd lost in, in the car accident. And uh, we, we went the whole season undefeated, and, and there was that, that bonding um, for that. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't expect to win, I don't mean that, but, but I, I expected, uh, I don't know, yeah, I guess I did expect to win. <laughs> But not in that cocky. You know, we expected yeah, to do to do fun. well. I mean, we expected to do well, and and I and I would have been surprised with what went on on our team um, that this whole season, if if we had not come out on top, I, I really would have been surprised. All the signs, it was just it was like every sign kept pointing that way. Everything, you know, we wanted to play the Vixens. We it just every block kept falling into place for our for our building of this. Um, championship so it was just fun to watch it happen it was a real pleasure that's that was beautiful so once again you know thank you guys for coming on I wanted to congratulate you guys one more time like I said it is not easy to win a championship and so you guys can always walk around and call yourselves champs and there's nothing like that man so congratulations (laughs) guys thank you so much. much So, Andrea and Karen, uh, like I said, it's been an honor to talk to you. Um, this is just great. And then Lisa announces her retirement literally in the same. Did you guys chat about that at the All-Star game? About Lisa Horton? Yeah, Lisa Horton. Yeah, you know, um, we did. I had seen I had seen a post, um, I guess, uh, prior to going there about her retirement and yeah, you know, we, we've become, uh, you know, friends over the last couple of years of seeing each other everywhere and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I did, you know, I, I brought it up to her. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> are you are you sure? Like, is this happening? And she's like, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we just talked about it for a minute, you know, not too long. Um, but, uh, yeah, she, you know, she's had a, a really great career. Um, she's a great athlete. Um, you know, I, the even last year, I played in the all-star game with her, but I was throwing to her. I thought that was fun. Um, I was trying to get her a touchdown, but it didn't happen. Um, but, yeah. Uh, it's just, Elisa you know. Horton, she's one of the greats. She's, she's going to go down, you know, in the history of women's football, you know, right alongside Absolutely. with Molly and Allie Hamlin and, and some of the others. I mean, she's just, yeah, she's one of the one of the greats. Great person, too, really Football's going to miss her. The transition, Andrea. Don't make me cry. The, the transition <laughs> uh, next year is going to be kind of like a different WFA look. You know, we've had so many long-tenured athletes like 
like Karen here, 10 years, Lisa, 10 years, Allie before that, Grasafi right. before that. I mean, so there was right. like a, there was this little era of women's football between 2009 and about 2017 or 16 or so. And then, and then the group that went to USA football, you know, the, the, the three championships, yeah. the quarterbacks that went there. So uh, it's like, we're transitioning to a new era and there's going to be like a, yeah. a brand new, brand new faces stepping up. And we're going to be talking about some, younger quarterbacks that are just, you know, emerging at this point, which is a kind of exciting in a way too. But on one sense, it's sad. And another way, it's kind of exciting because we've talked about how the sport needs to go forward and grow. Um, but Andrea, hats off to you, your organization, the coaching staff, uh, the individual players that made this happen. Like I said, you're going to have to write another chapter here because this is really a good, a good ending for you guys. Um, and it just, you know, it was just, I, I have to apologize because I, I didn't go with you, but, uh, you know, I went with Minnesota. But, uh, you know, just just thinking things were going to be a little different. But uh, you guys proved me wrong, and uh, all my co-hosts pretty much proved me wrong. So uh, congratulations to you. And, and, Karen, once again, I really, really appreciate you making the time, and it's an honor to talk to you, one of the legends of the sport, um, and to just, you know, to just hear your voice and to evaluate the recap. Uh, before you guys go, Karen and Andrea, what did you guys think of the Boston win? Were you guys shocked at this point, or was it something that you guys just thought it was just going to be more of the same? Um, I mean, I, I I was there. I watched it. Um, I was hoping for uh, a really good game. Um, you know, and and LA stuck in there and um, in the beginning and. Uh, you know, I think Boston got a, a really slow start, but um, yeah, it, it when Boston started to pull away a little bit, it's it's it was just kind of what I expected to happen. Um, you know, they've they've always been very consistent, um, have a lot of good athletes, uh, they have good coaching. Um, so, you know, when when you play against a team like that. Um, you just you really need to be prepared. Um, they have so many weapons, and that that consistency is, you know, it, it's been going on for for years since, you know, way back. Um, but yeah, I mean, LA fought. You know, um, those girls never gave up. And uh, yeah, you know, but, I'm not familiar with uh, with with the West Coast teams as much, so I didn't really know what to expect. I knew what Boston had. So if I, yeah. if I'd had to put my money on something, I would have put it on Boston. Um, but mostly because well, I, I hadn't I was seen LA play home. either prior to that. Yeah, me neither. So, um, but I also know Boston is just, you know, they're, they're very well coached. They're put together. Well, they've got a lot of veterans some great rookies. So um, the outcome does not surprise me at all. No. And what, what a job that M- Molly Goodwin has done in Boston with the transition, the changeover to the Renegade. Absolutely. Uh, this is kind of like just put the stamp on all the effort that she's done. I'm pretty sure she's, you know, fundraising to keep the team afloat, uh, everything that yes. she's done. And this is a combination of all that hard work. And so, you know, uh, the Renegades, uh, the same as the Sharks in a way, a lot of legendary players have played for this team, even with the Militia days. And Cahill, once again, reigns supreme. So, uh, and what can you say about Chantel Bonds, Karen? Just, just literally running away. Five, one sixty-two, three TDs. 
just an amazing yeah. athlete. She she's phenomenal. Um, you know, she had played for New York uh, years ago as well, and um, she was phenomenal back then. She's just a really superb athlete, um, regardless of the position. You know, whatever whatever she plays, she's gonna do well at. She works really hard. Yeah. Um, you know, when I saw that she got the MVP, I had texted her, you know, to congratulations, and, and I said just that. I said, you've always been a great athlete, um, you know, regardless of position. She's always excelled. So, you know, it was such great a nice to person see her perform. Well, she's very good people. Um, yeah. She's, she's so it's great. great to see someone, someone like that uh, do so well, you know, and it was, it was great to see her um, play on Saturday. Um, she's fun to watch, and, and I'm really happy for her. Yeah. Well, she's a great highlight reel for ESPN3, and USA Football has ever captured it. So pretty much on a highlight reel now for a long, long time <laughs> in the archives. So she's going to be on there. So that's even, that's even better. Um, so Andrea and Karen, I really appreciate you guys making the time, and uh, congratulations on the big win in uh, Atlanta. So, Andrea, before we go, we're going overseas the London trip. So, uh, Karen, yes, are we, we going are. overseas? I'm going. Awesome. So, yep. technically, that's uh, your final game, I, right? I wasn't Would going that be your final to. game? It will. Um, yeah, sadly enough, it will, actually. Uh, I originally wasn't going to go. I was like, you know what? No, you know, let them go and have a good time and this and that. And, you know, but after thinking about it, it was like, well, why wouldn't I go? It's like you're missing. You're missing out. That's all I'm gonna this. say. Yeah, <laughs> you're so, missing out. You know, within I don't know within a couple of weeks after Andrew talked about it, you know, she brought it up again and said, "Hey, you know, here's some more information." So once we started getting more information about it, um, yeah, I pretty much just went and bought my ticket, and I sent it to the team and I said, "Hey, listen, just bought my ticket for London, um, just in case anybody, because people had asked me if I was going." So, and you know, I, up to that point, I was like, I don't know. So, yeah, I told them, and um, we, we got a good number going. So, you know, you don't want to go over yeah. there <laughs> with, like, half your team and, and not, you know, show up. Um, so, but we have a, a, you know, there's a couple of girls who can't go, um, but I'm, I'm actually happy with the number it, that, that can. Yeah, they're still working on it, you know. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, let's see. We'll like see I said, we, we have 43, 43 on our roster. I think we have 32 going so far. So it's it's a, it's a phenomenal turnout. Yeah. Once again, you yeah. know, everyone just wants to, you know, punctuate this uh, this whole season with this fabulous opportunity. And I, I think uh, everyone's everyone's trying to get there. Well, I know you're going to be uh, facing know, um, some two, two teams that are very formidable. Uh, Helsinki Wolverines, very, very good squad in Sweden yes. and the Birmingham Lions very dominant in BAFA women. So like I said, mm-hmm. Andrea, it was it like the, uh, the couple podcasts. What did I say? You, we might get the WFA champions in London. And here we are. You are WFA champions. And here we are doing just that. <laughs> yep, yeah. That's right. That, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's, um, well, like I said, it's, it's a dream come true. All, you know, it's just, um, I keep waking up and saying, is it over and is it over? And apparently it's not. We're, the dream is still going. So um, loving every minute. I don't want to miss one one second of this season. And 
uh, we're fortunate enough to extend it for another month with, with most of us being involved. And um, it's just, uh, I, I, I don't know, pinch me. I think, you know, it's going to be fun. Be dreaming. <laughs> yeah. Be so it's going to be the uh, Pro, Cloud, Pro Cloud Transatlantic uh, Tournament in Birmingham, uh, August 31st to September 2nd. And it will be the New York Sharks, uh, the Birmingham Lions, and the Helsinki Wolverines in the tournament. So it's going to be a great, great uh, tournament. Hopefully we get a great live you know, feed of some sort, either Facebook Live, see if they're going to work on something like that. I know they do a pretty good job up there in London. So hopefully we'll get something uh, you know, worked out. And so it's going to be a yeah. great tournament there. And that will be the finale, as you said. That will stamp it away. Uh, Mulligan goes away. Yeah. The Sharks go away. And so I uh, think... Congratulations, you guys, on all the effort this season, and we're going to look forward to August 31st to the 2nd as you guys see how competition works out there. But overall, Division Two champions, congratulations. Thank you Thank so you much, much, Oscar. Thanks for your, your broadcast great. here, letting us all have a voice. We appreciate that, too. Oh, oh no, no problem. I love the sport, love the atmosphere, um, and um, as I said to everybody, when we first started this, what did I, what did I say to everybody? It's no joke football, and this is what it is, and we're getting to that level. So hopefully people recognize that. Um, but, uh, Karen, honored to speak to you. As, uh, as like, I've spoken to Lisa Horton, Allie Amlin, and even Cahill. So my, it's, it's an honor for me to finally speak to you and uh, get the words out from you and, and your passion for football. So, And, Andrea, as always, that's a pleasure. Um, and uh, continued success. I'm looking forward to your art pieces as we go forward here and the book when it comes out and maybe the second book as you're alluding to. And so, but congratulations and have a great week. Thank Thank you you very much. much. You as well. Good night, everyone. Okay, Troy, um, I don't know about you, buddy, but uh, I've already sort of emotionally got to that level where I've I've talked to every, literally every quarterback, legendary quarterback on the East Coast. So, uh, that's, that's just huge for me. Are you there, Troy? Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I, I think I my my switchboard tuned you out or something. I don't know. But you know, it's it's great. I mean, we we've we've gotten you've been with me. We've gotten to talk to almost every legendary quarterback in WFA. So it's it's huge. Yeah, and just thankful that they, you know, wanted to come on and, and tell, you know, our listeners and ourselves, of course, about their experiences. And, you know, we couldn't be happier with that. And it's, it's always great to hear their perspective and how they got started in the sport and just their backstories. And it just, you know, it, it lends more credence to what this league is really about and what the players are about also. Just, the, Troy, just the dedication to unify as one, for a common goal to try to send Andrea, you know, with her championship. A lot of love right there, man. A lot of love from everybody that just made the time, the commitment to put it together, the gelling, the coaching. I mean, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, man. You know what she already talked about? I mean, we, we are, this is, this is storybook. So yeah, she should definitely jump on that, you know, especially why it's good in the memory. So she should definitely write these experiences down because this is, you know, what stories are made of. I mean, these are, you know, one of those stories that you hear, you know, all the time about, you know, a championship team that kind of went through some things or was a more, you know, poignant atmosphere because, 
it was someone's last year, and this is one of those stories. So, yeah, I mean, definitely this, this should be chronicled and, and spoken about. So that I, I know they're happy and they're proud of what happened. This is, and it just adds to it, just, you know, the, the kind of backstory and, um, you know, what everyone went through. It's just a beautiful thing. All right, we spoke to it. Uh, Lisa Horton, I'm trying to get, uh, get a hold of her and see if we can do an interview for her because she deserves to get spotlighted. So she's retiring. Uh, check out our Twitter feed and our Facebook page, and there's a nice uh, image there of her accolades. Uh, USA Football did a pitch over there as well on Facebook.com for Sasquatch and Beauties. So check it out on our Twitter and Facebook page. Um, and so, Troy, let's talk about another uh, quarterback. Uh, in the Legends Football League, which was Seattle Miss taking Atlanta uh, Atlanta Steam this weekend, Dakota Hughes literally decides to uh, spoil the Seattle Miss's season, and so uh, a, a 41 uh, was it? Uh, I'm sorry, 41. A uh, a win by Atlanta here eliminates Seattle, puts the temptation into the playoffs of all teams against the Acoustic. But let's talk Week 13 because Seattle goes into Austin. Michelle Angel once again, and uh, Tashay Winfrey sort of was rattled in a way and sort of gave away some of it as well. And so, um, you know, I, uncustomary of her to do that, but a lot of interceptions, and that really was the factor for the miss to really uh, win the here 41-26 against Austin. Yeah, you know, you have to – man, if, if Seattle had just a little bit of a better defense – I mean, that Seattle team would be scary. They would be really scary. I mean, in my opinion, I still think she's she's the MVP this season just about the way she's played. She's, you know, gone both ways as far as playing safety on on defense and then also, of course, playing quarterback. And, you know, the thing is they can't continue to, you know, play her at safety. And, being, and even though she's a, a rangy defensive player, but you also want to hold her off and, you know, kind of keep her fresh for offense. But, um, you know, she had to go in there playing Iron Man uh, this, this past game. I mean, Christine, Christina Cortez, she couldn't go. Uh, she was out with an injury, and they weren't expecting that, so they put her back there. And um, you know what? Austin kind of took advantage of that, you know, because it seemed like then they would see that opening back there in, that, in, in the, in the uh, secondary. They just went right over the top. And... But Ronnie Lopez for Austin, I mean, she was just spectacular. She was all over the place, man. I mean, she kind of was doing the Danny Amendola thing, I mean, or Santana Moss, rather. Um, you know, she had to, you know, especially in the first quarter where she hit that touchdown pass uh, to Shea Winfrey, hit her on that touchdown pass, that post that went, you know, for a deep touchdown. So it was just an incredible game, you know, um, by Leilani. I mean, she was just, she's just a ball of energy. And after she took the top off the defense, Seattle started to back off a little bit, and they could hit the you know shorter deep and dunk passes. But the problem was, and as you alluded to earlier, is that Shea Winfrey, when they put a, when she had some pressure on her, or when she was scrambling and it was getting kind of close to contact, or you know whenever Seattle would pressure her with a blitz, that's when she seemed to make her mistakes. So I mean, really, she has all the tools, all the physical tools in the world, I and mean, she's got a big arm. You know, she'll run the ball, and, you know, she kind of took a shot in the shoulder. She's got to learn how to, you know, kind of uh, avoid those shots. Uh, but she's a big, tough athlete, and, you know, she's got a great arm. So she has all the tools there. 
It's just that she has to, you know, fix up, you know, her decision-making, especially when it comes to pressure situations like that. And, uh, you know, she'll learn from it, though. I mean, she's young. And you kind of expect that from a young quarterback. You expect them to make a few mistakes here and there. And, um, you know, it's just something that she'll have to get used to over time, and I, I have no doubt that she'll do that. Were you surprised that they put McCormick out there late and they just they punched it in so easily? That was just kind of a design play. She gets out there and here we go. We score late. So it's kind of a little too late for the acoustic there at the end. Yeah, a little bit too late. And, you know, I mean, that, that's also a thing where, you know, it, it could be that Seattle also wasn't prepared for it. But at the same time, listen, that Seattle miss defense is the reason why they're there out of the playoffs. And just let's let's just keep that real. I mean, they have not played very well at all this season. You know, they lack the athletes, and you know they had some young players that were over there. Um, but it looked like in this game, especially in the second half, they started to put it together. I mean, even Kiara Williams. I mean, she had an incredible game. Number one as a wide receiver. But, you know, she go ahead, she, she's in there, she gets an interception. They made some timely plays and, and put the pressure uh, on Tashay Winfrey. So you got to take your hat off of them. Um, it wasn't just Tashay Winfrey making these mistakes. They were forced errors. And so Seattle finally had a pretty good defensive game. So they had to be happy with that. Now this weekend uh, you're going to see the Atlanta uh, Steam versus the Seattle Miss. And the final game for um, the quarterback Dakota Hughes. So uh, Troy, Dakota Hughes, uh, cardiac kid, always in the crunch mode. Last minute, fourth quarter, kind of real high reels, uh, always there and, and giving you an opportunity to, to to kind of win. Kind of an Aaron Rodgers type mentality when you get to a point where you just you need to punch something in, you know. And so she is uh, away. What a spoiler this weekend you're going to see as the steam and Crystal Harris uh, spoil Seattle's run for the Western Conference. And guess what, Troy? Your boy, Tui, he gets a second shot, and apparently Salerno's back. Wow. Okay. That, that is news. You know what? They might have been playing possum, man. I mean, listen, if they got Salerno back there, they have a viable quarterback playing there. So, you know, I, I think all things being equal, now they have kind of tipped, they have balanced themselves uh, in the West, and they may have put themselves at a favorite, and, and, you know, to be the favorite if she's actually healthy. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if, if she has to knock a little bit of rust off, you know, in the next action. Um, you know, we'll keep our eyes on that one. But that, that's interesting. I, I had no idea. That's what I'm hearing. So I have not officially. I know she was signed. I don't know, like I said, what kind of condition she's in. Will this be a L.A. letdown? They have never had a losing season. They get a second chance. Last year they with the playoff mode, but when they get to this point, they've never really lost, uh, except for, you know, what, the last couple of years. But they've always been durable in terms of the playoffs. Um, acoustic, I'm worried because they seem to be in, they seem to be out, and when it gets down to crunch time, so going up against Salerno, Winfrey really needs to be on her game. Yeah, and, and you know, really the book is out on Shane Winfrey. I mean, you know, if you pressure her, you know, she will, you know, she'll force some things. Um, but at the same time, you know, you also have to be careful because she does have that big arm, and she will kill you, you know, with that deep ball. Leilani, um, 
Leilani Lopez, she is just she's just flat out of ball. So if you have someone taking the top off the of defense like that, you always have to be worried about that. But um, yeah, that's 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 going to be interesting. It, it, here's the thing: um, they lost, you know, they lost some players by this game. You know, one of the Dowdy twins, um, I think it was Courtney, who uh, broke her leg. Or was it Brittany? I'm sorry, it was Brittany. He, she broke her leg. So they're down, you know, one defensive lineman. And, and, you know, their defense had gotten a lot better this year. But they still made some costly mistakes, especially in this past Seattle game with, you know, Pierre Williams, um, you know, lighting up Jasmine Carter. She was running all over the place in this past game. It, it was just, man. I, and by the way, i got to talk a little bit about Jasmine Carter. I love her as a contact. You know, she's she's short, she's compact, and she has great feet. You know, she has she kind of knows her way, you know, running around the hole. And she seems to always find the void, um, you know, where it's the least amount of people in, in the smaller spaces. And then, as you see, man, she also became a threat. You know, catching the football, and she caught two touchdown passes in that game. Both of them were great catches. So, I mean, man, I, I'm serious. Listen, Seattle has a great future going forward. If they can get a few athletes on defense, and you know, especially in the secondary, because I think that's the issue. They have they they have some things working, man. You know, it didn't work out this season. You know, with them losing to the steam, but I really like what I see going forward with Seattle. So, do we hashtag her as Tugboat? Somebody threw a hashtag out there as Tugboat. <laughs> should we put it? We... I got I got to run that one past her first. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do that too. Yeah, I think we should. Anyways, she's a beast. Uh, if you see the highlight where uh, Anna Garza kind of hits her on the side, she comes right off the wall and she's like, "God, I want some more of that. Give me some more of that." She's really just, she's like she's just barely. Oh yeah. She was like, bring it, <laughs> bring it. Um, wow. Um, the excitement, Troy, can you contain yourself? We have Denver, Omaha coming up August 4th at Ralston. Contain oh, yourself I here. Definitely, I definitely <laughs> want to see that one, man. I have to see that as a reference. I mean, I have to tune in. I got to see who's, you know, going to build a little bit of confidence going into the off season. Uh, you know, and hopefully they can figure a way to get some athletes. But it's going to be, you know, they'll get a chance to, uh, to to get some things going. I think both of those teams have holes on offense and defense. Um, so, you know, they can get some things going, build up a little confidence going into the next season. So, uh, Troy, the uh, Western Eastern Conference setup is already set. August 25th, Toyota Park. We pretty much know what's going to happen. Chicago, Nashville on one side. Now we need to figure out whether uh, at this point it's L.A., Austin. That's really already set. Um, so this is a tune-up game for Omaha. If they can beat Denver, they finish this te- they're going to finish the season literally, uh, I think, 2-1 and one or 2-2 two and two or something like that, 2-2, two and two, I believe. They would finish 2-2 two and two, uh, because I'm pretty sure they're going to lose to Chicago on August 11th, which is the season finale uh, against uh, Caldwell and company. And so uh, the Legends Cup is set for Austin, Texas, September 8th. And if you're the acoustic, don't, don't you want to be at the Legends Cup? That's really the game that you – that's literally your mindset, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you just want to get there. And then, you know, let everybody else say you can't win it or whatever gonna, they're going to say. But if you get a chance to get there 
anything could happen. I mean, you know, we saw what happened when uh, New England, you know, eighteen and zero or seventeen and zero rather, and they went into the Super Bowl against the Giants team, and no one thought that they could beat them. The Giants first sixteen, the Giants ended up beating them. So all you want to do is get there. You want to just you just want that shot to get there, and that's all that will matter at that point. So that's going to be the Legends Cup. Uh, check it out this weekend. It's going to be uh, Atlanta Steam versus Seattle Miss. Dakota Hughes' last game via LFL Legends Football League on YouTube. Then August 14th at Ralston, Denver Dream taking on the uh, Omaha Heart. The two experiments in the LFL once again collide, uh, and we'll see which one turns out to be the winner here. Um, you can get WFL, LFB, and FXL coverage right now on our Facebook page for Mexico and huge implications as we go into week nine, which is the playoffs. And then LFB, Tornell Golden, the Golden Tournament, also in a playoff mode. We'll keep tabs on that on our Facebook page and Twitter feed. So check it out, WFL, LFB, and FXFL out of Mexico, and that is legend-style play in Mexico. The other announcement that came out was uh, Troy XFFL out of Texas, and we were all over that this season. South Texas Generals won the tournament and the championship. 2009, they go to an 11 team. They've added South Texas Cobras, the Texas Punishers, the center of the uh, Corpus Christi Lady Sharks, the River City Sirens, the Tri-City Sun Devils, uh, to, uh, to the Texas Wonder Woman, the South Texas Generals, the Texas Lady Spartans, and the uh, Kingsville, um, uh, I believe, Knights, uh, and the Corpus Christi Divas, the Loretta uh, Warhawks. So that's a huge announcement there. We are trying to get the representatives on our podcast, hopefully by the end of August, so we'll get them in here as well. And then the other news is overseas. The uh, Finland SAJL Maple League semifinals are set August 12th. Uh, it's going to be Helsinki Roosters taking on the Turku Trojans with Leah Kaza, former in, uh, WFA Indy Crash All-Star, now part of the Turku Trojans of Division Two. And the Division Two champion was crowned last week as Turkey defeated Kuapo Steelers. So Helsinki Wolverines looking for back-to-back championships. Uh, they are going to get August 12th at this point. And then August 31st is when they go up against the tournament over at the, at the Pro Cloud in UK. So you, if they win it all, they're, we're going to see three champions, the Baffa Women champion, the Helsinki, uh, I mean the uh, Finland champion, and the WFA Division Two champions, the Sharks as well. Uh, Helsinki Roosters taking on the St. Petersburg Valkyries. The final will be August 18, 2018, and then the semi versus one, the semi versus two at that point. Um, the AFBD in Germany, we'll keep tabs on that on Twitter and also on Facebook as we get coverage coming in from that. Uh, most, most of the D2 matchups happened this weekend. So this past uh, weekend was one game. We're looking for the results on the Munich Cowboys taking on the Cologne Falconets. That was in the Division One uh, this uh, next weekend, uh, um, August 5th. Cal Valkyrie Hurricanes taking on the champion Berlin Cobras. The Mains Golden Eagles, the runners-up last year, taking on the Cologne Falconets. Probably the four best teams in the German League uh, to boot right now. And then you also have Munich Rangers taking on Munich Cowboys. And that's in uh, the Division One category over in Germany. So um, the other information is the Bra- Brazilian Women's Football Cup uh, takes off this past weekend, the 29th. We're trying to get results from that. Um, as soon as we get those up, it'll be there. We're also covering the Russian League, the WLAF in Russia, 
And as we get that going here, we will get the updates as well. So go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash gridironbeers for weekly updates, breaking news, and inspiring stories. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for daily updates, health tips, and NFL news. And add us on Snapchat for athlete takeovers, no joke football brand specials. Follow us on Instagram right now and check out the amazing uh, gallery of all of the champions in the WFA tournament this weekend, plus some uh, Russian athletes playing in the WLAF also on our Facebook page uh, and on our Instagram. So covering amazing athletes and moments in women's American football there. So, uh, Troy, everybody's been listening to the best podcast covering women's American football and NFL news weekly. That is us. We are that, the best podcast. So between you and everybody else on here, uh, we have just elevated this thing to another level. And we definitely appreciate you guys for listening and, and, and chiming in and giving us all your stories also, man. So without you guys, it wouldn't happen. So we definitely appreciate you guys. Troy, uh, the the WFA championship, I mean, couldn't have gone any better. I mean, the script was there. Orlando, um, I, did you go 3-0? Because I know I went 2-1-1 because I took the Vixen. So I, I believe, no, did you go East Coast as well? Yeah, I, I I I didn't. I chose LA instead of Boston, so I went oh, okay. two and one. Two and one as well. Yeah. So um, it was kind of hard for me to bring the Sharks in here and kind of just let them know that I didn't go with them. That was kind of hard for me to come up and have to apologize for that. Right. You know that's what it is, man. You got to be a man about it. You know, Bill's character, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's character, of course. <laughs> oh my God. But when I saw that, I was like, now I got to apologize because I went with Minnesota. That's not cool. <laughs> Anyways, it is what it is. But uh, it was a great game. Uh, you guys can get the highlights from Boston's win uh, all over our Twitter feed as well as over on our, uh, our Facebook page as well. USA Football did an awesome job uh, during the uh, highlights that we were doing out there, and they did a fantastic job covering it. Uh, which was great, and they have a feature on there as well on our on their Twitter feed. Um, they feature Lisa Horton as well. Um, you have the touchdowns from Ch- uh, Chante um, Bonds as well on there. So a lot of things that happened uh, during the Twitter feed that we're really, really happy about. And even, Troy, the Boston Renegades get a shout-out from the official Twitter feed from the New England Patriots. Oh yeah, I saw that today. I was like, man, that was dope, man. That that was that was really dope. That was I know that was a special thing for them. So hopefully, I think they, they should go to one of the the games at Foxborough to introduce them as the champions. Because uh, I know the Redskins did that um, uh, a couple times when um, when the Divas won it here. So I anticipate that the New England Patriots are going to invite them up to Foxborough. I think they should. I mean, it should be a good feel-good moment for uh, Boston sports as well. Um, let's uh, Before we get out of here, uh, let's uh, congratulate the South Texas legacy. The IWFA out of Texas champions earned their fifth consecutive championship. Uh, on that team is uh, uh, Megan Martinez, who plays for the acoustic, Michelle Marshall for the acoustic. So you can check her out on our, our Twitter feed and our Facebook page as well. So congratulations to the South uh, San Antonio, Texas legacy for their fifth consecutive championship. So it was really awesome. And then uh, Bob Sweeney, as, uh, you were, uh, as uh, Louis Bean was alluded, what an awesome job on the broadcast for the D2 as well. Uh, and we want to give a shout-out to USA Football, 1340 AM Fox Sports, 
and Ad has as has the third and the Go Renegades for their awesome tweeting during the game. Um, that's Hugh Scott the third. Amazing job out there uh, during the WFA weekend. So um, great job for all those folks that did it, and we covered it and we shared it. And so a great weekend. So Boston Renegades 2018 Division One champions, New York Sharks Division Two national champions, Orlando Anarchy Division Three. So uh, Troy, what a weekend of football! This is awesome. And guess what? We got Aussie season coming up in the next couple weeks as well. So we're going to be down under covering it all as well in the uh, Gridiron West, Gridiron Queensland, Gridiron Victoria. Pretty much we're, that's where we're going during the NFL season. So. Yeah, definitely, man. Congratulations again to all the champions. And, um, you know, congrats on a great season. You guys did it all, especially through all that hard work. And it finally paid off. And there's no, it's no better feeling than that. And can't wait to cover Australian football. This is going to be great. And look, looking forward to all that also. All right. So uh, we want to thank uh, Andrea Douglas, the legendary owner of the New York Sharks, uh, legendary quarterback Karen Mulligan for coming in today with us, and then uh, the owner and uh, awesome job that they did in Orlando, which is Melinda Sparks with the Orlando Anarchy. Uh, so it's great for uh, Troy Wilson here, Oscar Lopez for the absent uh, WFA All-Star, Holly Custis, Louise Bean, and Tracy Brick. We'll catch you here next week on the Gridiron Blitz as we get into NFL training camp talk, NFL offseason talk, and so uh, that's going to be kind of biting on everybody here. But we get into NFL as we go down to the season, and then we get to Gridiron Australia down under as we cover it all. Uh, so next week, get ready. NFL talk pretty much for the next couple months. So that's going to be awesome. So, Troy, have a great week, man. Thanks for coming in and making the time, and I really appreciate it. You got it, man. No problem. Hey, everyone, take it easy. See you guys.